Hello, I'm Derek Walker. I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. And today we're continuing to look at the heroes of faith. And we've seen that every hero of faith in Hebrews chapter 11 embodies a characteristic of the life of faith. And that's what we're learning about in this series on the ABCs of faith, the life of faith, as revealed through these heroes. And, and we're coming now to Abraham. And the special characteristic of Abraham's faith is his obedience. Uh, Hebrews 11.8 says, By faith Abraham obeyed. And so there is this phrase called the obedience of faith. Faith results in obedience. Faith is of the heart and it shows itself in obedience. Now, when Abraham heard God speak to him, he believed and he acted on it decisively. He's one of the greatest examples of this. He's an inspiration to us. You see, in our life, as well as obeying the general will of God, which is the word of God uh, that we all have to obey, and, and Abraham had the will of God that had been revealed to the previous men of God, he also had a, the special will of God for his life, as we do. And so certain things are the general will of God. We should all you know, read the Bible, we should all pray, we should all go to church. There are things that we are all called to do. But there are, is also the special will of God that is specifically for us, that God doesn't ask of other people. And the special thing about Abraham is that he was given some very new and special things that God had commanded him to do. And if we don't obey God in that special guidance in our life, we'll miss out on some of the great blessings. Now, God required Abraham to fulfill a special role, a unique role, that required some special obedience, that required some sacrificial acts on his part. And so, as well as fulfilling God's general will for our life, we've also got to follow God's special will for our life if we are going to find our full blessing. And this is going to require obedience on our part. Otherwise, we're going to miss much of what God has for us. Uh, what God asks of you will be different from others, uh, even if you're in a similar area of ministry to them. And, and so that's why it's silly comparing yourself with others. Ultimately, God will judge you according to how faithful to what he's called you to do. And so God had a very special plan for Abraham's life, and he, it required his obedience. Um, if he was to enter into that full blessing. Often his loyalty to God would be greatly tested, but with, by his obedience, the reward was wonderful. Without that obedience, he would have missed out big time. And so there are certain moments in our life of faith when God makes it clear to us that he wants us to do something specific. And, and that thing will probably shake up and change the whole course of our life. It's a test now of our loyalty, our obedience to God. And uh, I can look back and see in my life certain key moments. There may only be a handful in one's life. But if one is not obedient to those things, then in a sense the progress of your specific life of faith is put on hold. It's so important in those key moments that we're obedient to God. And we're going to see four key steps of obedience in the life of Abraham. 
uh, over the next few weeks, uh, that when he delayed to obey, then his whole life was put on hold. Uh, now, if you haven't heard from God in this way recently, then it's not for us just to be passive and put our feet up, but rather we make show ourselves faithful, you see, to pursue the will of God, the general will of God, and the last specific thing God's told us to do. Just go with the last thing. I believe in stability. God isn't always chopping and changing our lives around. Uh, he's not changing his will all the time. In other words, you need to stay with what God told you last. And if he hasn't spoken to you anything new, just stay with what he told you last to do. And then keep obeying him in that until he tells you otherwise. This is an important principle of guidance. It's in 1 Corinthians 7, verse 17 to 24. It says, as the Lord has called each one, so let him walk. And so I ordain this thing in all the churches. He says, let each one remain in the same calling in which he was called. Brethren, let each one remain with God in the state in which he was called. In other words, God says, stay with what I told you to do until I tell you something different. If he wants you to change direction, he's well able to make that clear to you uh, if you're walking in fellowship with him. And so I want to say that there is no substitute for obedience. And 1 Samuel 20, 15, 22 says, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. What he's saying is here, if you fail to obey when he tells you to do something, you can't make up for it by other works, by other sacrificial works, as if somehow, you know, well, I'm, I don't want to do what God's telling me to do, but I'll work extra hard in that area, and that will compensate. No, certain blessings in your life are tied up with your obedience, and you can't get them any other way. The only way is to obey. And we see that in the life of Abraham. When he delayed to obey, his progress in the plan of God was put on hold. But when he obeyed, he was then released into blessing and he was released to then move into the next phase of his life. And all of us, like Abraham, have a step-by-step -step, uh, progression in our life of faith and it requires our obedience. Romans 4.12 says that we are to be those who walk in the steps of our spiritual father, Abraham. We're to follow in the steps of his obedience. Um, you know, and by this, uh, by its very nature, that the fact that it's step by step means that only when you've completed the first step are you then in position to take the second step. You can't take the second step until you've taken the first step. You won't even know what the second step is. And so, looks, let's look at Abraham. Every step began with God speaking to Abraham, giving him a clear word. You see, because... Faith comes by hearing the word. You can't have faith until you actually hear God speak to you. You can't drum up faith yourself. Faith comes by hearing God speak to you, Romans 4.17. And so if God's given you instructions for a step of faith, you, you better do it, or you may not hear anything else from him in that area because uh, he's now waiting on you to obey. Only when, God, when Abraham obeyed did God bless him and take him to the next step. When he disobeyed, nothing happened. 
until he repented and obeyed. And so every time God spoke to Abram, it asked him to make a step of faith. And only when he took that step was the blessing released. And now we, as we go to Hebrews 11, verse 8 to 19, which is all about Abraham, it reveals his four major steps of faith in his life. And there's a repeating pattern. First of all, he hears from God. And he receives faith through hearing from God. Then he either obeys or he disobeys. Or he doesn't obey completely. And only then thirdly, when he actually obeys... Sometimes after a delay, he receives the blessing. And then he receives further instructions for the next step. We see that clearly. We could call it, number one, the rhema, the word of God. Number two, his response. And number three, the result, which is blessing and progress. So the three R's there, the rhema, the response, the result. So let's look at step one in Hebrews 11.8. And this step was God asking him to leave behind decisively his old life, his old surroundings, his old priorities. And that often might be the first thing God says to you. To fulfill the special will of God for your life, there are certain things you have to leave behind that you're comfortable with. But they're going to entangle you and they're going to prevent you from fulfilling that special, special will of God that God's calling you to. And so in Hebrews 11.8, it says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place where he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. And so he was called to go out, and he obeyed, and he went out, even though he didn't really know where he was going to. That's the faith. See, God wanted to bless him with an inheritance in the promised land, but he had to be in the right position to receive that inheritance until he moved out and separated himself from his country and his family it was all on hold he had to be in the right place to receive it and likewise God may tell you to leave certain things behind certain priorities certain relationships behind to be in the right place naturally and spiritually to receive his blessing and his further instructions so let's look now in Genesis where this happened in Genesis 12 Verse 1 to 3, when Abraham initially heard the call from God to depart and leave everything he knew behind to go on this adventure with God. uh, Genesis 12, now the Lord had said to Abraham, "Get, get out of your country, from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. And this is the blessing that he promised him. And I will make you a great nation. I'll bless you and make your name great and you'll be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you and I'll curse him who curses you. And in, all, all, in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. If he obeyed, all these blessings would come upon him. But he didn't have to just leave his country. He had to leave his family as well. And the reason for this is probably in Joshua 24. It says, Joshua said to all the people, thus says the Lord God of Israel, your fathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nahor, dwelt on the other side of the river in old times, and they served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from the other side of the river and led him throughout all the land of Canaan, multiplied his descendants, and gave him Isaac. And you see, Ur, where Abraham lived, was an idolatry capital. It was the center of the worship of the moon god called Sin, symbolized by the crescent moon. A massive ziggurat dedicated to Sin 
was discovered there. And Abraham was called to depart an idol-worshipping society and family which would have pulled him back. He had to make a clean break, leave that atmosphere of idolatry and impurity so that he could establish and lay a foundation for something completely new. And so in the same way, to move forward in God, sometimes we've got to leave certain things behind. And, or we cannot progress and fulfill God's special plan for us. We have to break with certain things, cut certain strings to the past, so that we're free to follow God, just like Abraham. Otherwise, these are, thing, these are things that claim a hold on us. Uh, outside of God's will, we've got to be willing to lay them aside, if God requires, it, it, because he knows they're going to hinder us. Hebrews 12.1 says, since we're surrounded by these cloud of witnesses, these heroes of faith, let us lay aside, he says, every weight that so e and, and uh, the sin that easily ensnares us, so that we may run that race with endurance. See, no man can serve two masters. Jesus said if it's a choice between our family and God's will, we have to put him first. It's not always easy, but Abraham was called to leave his family and a very comfortable city life where he was successful to live as a nomad in another land. Uh, but the rewards were going to be great and everlasting. You know, leaving past surroundings is the first step of faith. And let's look at his response. We might think he was perfect, but he wasn't. He actually had disobeyed God. In verse 4 it says, Abraham departed. As the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Now it sounds like he obeyed perfectly, but Abraham didn't obey fully, actually. God told him to leave his country and his family, but he took his family with him, both his father and he took Lot with him when he left Ur. He intended to leave his country, but he didn't leave his family. And as a result, he only got as far as Haran. Probably because his father, Terah, was not well enough to continue any further. And as a result, he failed to enter that land for some time, where the blessing was located. His disobedience meant he got delayed in Haran, probably up to five years. Um, and then only when his father died did he actually continue on into the promised land. And so holding on to things from the past... In this case, his family, they might seem very reasonable, but they'll slow you down. They'll delay you into your promised land. Notice Genesis 12.1 says, The Lord had said to Abraham, that's when he was in Ur, get out of your country and, and from your family. And then in Genesis 12.4 it says, He finally did depart and he went from Haran. And so his, he, his obedience was incomplete. He got delayed in Haran. Stephen makes this clear in Acts 7, verse 2. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham, he said, while he was in Mesopotamia, in Ur. Before he dwelt in Haran and said to him, get out of your country and from your relatives and come to a land that I will show you. Then he came out of the land of the Chaldeans and dwelt in Haran. And he's pointing out his disobedience, his partial obedience. He moved out, but not all the way. And from there, when his father was dead, he moved to this land where you now dwell. I want you to notice that he had a, a spiritually unfruitful years in Haran till his father died because his natural attachments were 
more important than doing what God said. And that's where many fail. Jesus said if we're going to follow him, we're going to have to put him before our family, our friends, our things. You see, because we, we've got to put God's... If you put these other things first, you'll never find God's best. And let's see what happens when Abraham actually does obey. Genesis 12.4 He departed finally as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 when he departed from Haran. Then Abraham took Sarai his wife and Lot his brother's son and all their possessions that they had gathered and the people whom they had acquired in Haran. And they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. And I want you to see that he left Canaan. He left Haran and entered Canaan as God commanded. Only then did God speak to him again. Once he had obeyed and entered the promised land, only then did God speak to him. Verse 7, then, you see, upon his obedience, the Lord Jesus actually appeared to Abraham and said, to your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who appeared to him. And I want you to see that he was blessed in Haran because he was still in the general will of God. He loved God, you know, he, he worshipped God and God blessed him and he increased generally. But as far as the specific will and plan of God for his life, he did not make progress while he was in Haran. As soon as he came to Canaan, God spoke to him again and moved him forward and gave him that promise. But yet, his obedience was not yet complete. He didn't get the full blessing yet. Why? Because he took Lot with him. God said, leave your family. And so he doesn't get his next instructions yet. He gets a little bit of a blessing, but he doesn't really get the full thing yet. Uh, and then things get worse. Because in verse 10, there was a famine in the land, and he directly disobeys God by going down to Egypt. And uh, he, yes, natural reasons caused him to do that, but God told him to go into the land. And if he would have got, stayed in the land, God would have blessed him there. But he goes down to Egypt, he gets into sin by passing off Sarah as as not his wife, uh, for it to save his own skin. And God has to intervene and deliver them. And he really gets into a mess. And, uh, you know, when you miss God like Abraham did, all you can do is go back to where God spoke to you last. And that's what he did in Genesis 13. It says, Then Abraham went up from Egypt, he and his wife and all he had, and Lot's with him still. And uh, it says he was very rich. God was still blessing him. He was generally blessed. But what did he do? Verse 3, he went on his journey from the south as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning. Go back to where you miss God. Go back to where you were. And he, that's what he did, to the place of the altar which he had made there at first. And there he called on the name of the Lord. He returned to the land. He returned to the Lord. But he wasn't still in the will of God because he disobeyed concerning Lot. And at last, because strife broke out. See, God knew in advance he was not to be with Lot because that was going to hinder him. And, and, and that, that issue became very obvious after a bit. Strife broke out between Lot's people and his people, and eventually they, were, they had to separate. But that's what God wanted from the beginning anyway. And as soon as they removed strife from the camp, and Lot separated, verse 14, I want you to see, 
now his obedience was complete because he was told to leave his family as well as his country. Finally, when he had obeyed that command that God made years ago, actually, it says, the Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had separated from him, lift up your eyes now and look from the place where you are, north, south, east and west, for all the land which you see I give to you and your seed forever, and I'll make your seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. I want you to see how the release of blessing was connected to his obedience when he completed his obedience. And now he was ready for the next step. The rhema now was to him, now I want you to sojourn. I want you to occupy in the new land. You see, verse 17, God now gives him his next instructions, the next step of faith. He said, arise, walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. You see, God had confirmed the promise. He'd enlarged the promise to Abraham. Now, he says, your corresponding action now to, the, to this promise of that this is your land. Uh, and, and he was saying, I'm going to give it to your seed. What he was to do now is to walk up and down in the land and occupy it. He wasn't to settle in a small piece of it. He was to live as a nomad, to occupy that land, to go up and down. He was to walk throughout it, living in a tent, getting to know it all, and putting his feet on the whole land, claiming it all as his inheritance, walk throughout the land. That was God's instructions. And likewise, you know, we are to lift up our eyes, he says, and, and see all that God has given us. And we are to occupy and put our feet on all the inheritance that God gives, it to, gives to us, claiming it. Praise God. And God gave him also a promise of a heavenly citizenship, a heavenly home. And now he was to live by faith in that promise, looking for the eternal city, rather than becoming too attached in uh, and entangled to his earthly life, like, like Lot did. And so he was to live by faith in God's promise. He was a, to live as a citizen in hev of heaven that was just passing through this earth, living in a tent, was witnessing to that fact that this was not his real home. And that's why what Hebrews brings out, you see, in Hebrews 11 verse 9, speaks about this, this next step. By faith, it says, he dwelt or sojourned in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city, which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And the next step of faith was his, of his lifestyle it, in this new land was to be a nomad. He'd been a city dweller. He'd lived in a nice house. Archaeology showed Ur had nice houses with plumbing and a library, much wealth. And now he's going to give that all up and live as a nomad in a tent, not putting down roots in any one place. God doesn't call us all to do that, by the way. But for Abraham to fulfill God's will for his life, he had to do that, to stay separate and to occupy the land and to embody this aspect of faith. We're not, even if we don't live in a tent, we're not to be too attached to our earthly life and entangled with earthly things. Our heart, our treasure must be in heaven, uh, or else our faith will be hampered. God doesn't mind us having money, but he minds money and things having us. 
We're to live by faith in God's promise that we're just strangers in a foreign land. Our real citizenship is in heaven. Praise God. That's our real inheritance. And Abraham witnessed that by living in a tent. He's looking forward to that heavenly inheritance that he would receive. And so that's a big part of our life now. Our witness now is that we live in the light of eternity. That forms our priorities now. And I want you to see that in this regard, Abraham obeyed instantly and perfectly. He lived as a nomad to the end of his life because God never changed that command. God never said, okay, you can live in a city now. And so because God didn't say anything different, for the rest of his life, God, Abraham obeyed that command. He lived in, in, as, a, as a nomad. How do you demonstrate that in your life, that your life differs from an unbeliever? Are you living as a citizen in heaven? Or are you attached to this life so much? Well, I want you to see in Genesis 14, Abraham proved um, his obedience to this requirement of God. Because in, the city dwellers, like Lot, were overcome by invading armies. But God blessed Abraham with 300 men. He actually defeated those kings and set them free, and set Lot and those people free. And he then gave a tithe to Melchizedek of everything. And he refused to take the spoils of Sodom, which he could have taken. Had he been covetous in this world, he would have taken the spoils of Sodom for himself. But he, he said before Melchizedek, the Lord Jesus Christ, I will not take any of that. He demonstrated his obedience to God, that he would not become entangled with earthly things, but rather he looked to God as the source of his blessing. He proved that he was not covetousness, but he just trusted God to make him rich. And God did, of course. And at that point, God then, having proved his faith in Genesis 15, God propelled him into even greater blessing. And that's what we're going to look at next week, Abraham's next step of faith.